Previously on Pufwa Exchange. Welcome to the Pufwa Exchange, everybody. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jen. On the Pufwa Exchange, (laughs) we are going to branch out into many different areas. Firefly, we're doing... Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. I would love to do West Wing. Can we do The Office? You know, one week we may do a commentary on Heroes. Next week we may come back and discuss... Mr. Darcy. Darcy. I said Darcy. You you said Darcy. Jen just developed a speech impediment. I think we should discuss the uh, effects of Frito from Godfather on modern literature. And we TV. may do that, and I would I would join in in that discussion if I had any idea what the hell Richard was talking about. He may come back and discuss those infomercials, the play on the Sci-Fi Channel at three o'clock in the morning with the guy with the bald spot who goes on and on about the damn food processor and the set it and forget it. Yeah, and the blonde woman who's like, "Tell me how it works." Like she's not being paid eighteen thousand dollars to stand there and look like a cat. Can't forget Farscape. <laughs> Uh, Canaveral? What about when he scams out of the stock market all that He didn't scam it out. He did not. Yeah, he did. He got the insider tip. No, he didn't. Did you even watch the episode? I just want to know how naive his family has to be for him to be like, yeah, I've got a paper conference in India this week. Claire, I've taken care of everything. Believe me, I work in the paper business. This scene right here demonstrates the need to have a prenup. That's a puppet. (laughs) <laughs> yes, P.S., that is not an actual actor. What's a kid going to learn from someone who decided his best option in life was to become a teacher? The Da Vinci Code. I read the books and went, oh, that's a nice story, and put it down. Everybody knows that people in Texas don't have perfect teeth. If they have teeth at all. I make kids wonder. I make them question. I make them criticize. I make them apologize and mean it. You're crazy, but I'll watch your kid anyway for free, like I always do, even though I'm a non-character. Even though the mob is looking for you and your kid. Yeah, but Micah can get her free pay-per-view, though. I make them write, write, write. The next thing I know, I'm having all these off-the-wall comments. So do you beat yourself to get rid of your sin? <laughs> He's like, you need to let your father go. He died ten minutes ago. He has a bow tie. I make a goddamn difference. Now what about you? Pilot's very militaristic in this one. He's like, attention. <laughs> I know. Later on, he's like, good day. Hello. Incoming Hi. fleet, prepare for Starbucks. I personally don't want to get busy amid buckets of pine salt. Really? Nothing turns me on like the smell of ammonia. O'Brien's just a yutz in this episode. He breaks the Enterprise. <laughs> and Kira's in with the orb like, mm, mm. <laughs> My generation is more colorblind. Please tell me my destiny. I'm a kid with a soccer ball. <laughs> the race riots in L.A.? I don't remember. I don't remember the O.J. Simpson trial. And Dargo has a headband. <laughs> it makes him feel pretty. Breaking Dawn, I was there at the bookstore at midnight to get my copy of the book. He's standing there looking down at the screen, talking to Spock. I'm like, all Spock could see was your crotch. He's naked. <laughs> There were girls there that I swear they could not have been older than 9 or 10. Their moms had read the first three books with them and thought, this next book is going to be just like it. No. I think there's a very good horror writer trapped in this woman who is longing to get out. He would be jello on the side of the wormhole. There's no way that thing was built to sustain this. When they lean against the shuttle, it like caves in. (laughs) This thing is made of plywood. There are a lot of very graphic sex scenes in a lot of fantasy fiction and you go back and you look at these authors profiles and they're like 15 and 16 years old and if this is what you think sex is like we as a society are going to have a big problem three two one click hey you stupid thing start why don't we go back (laughs) to the main menu and now the pufwa exchange
Welcome back to the Puffo Exchange. I'm P.S. I'm Deathrill. And we are tonight doing a live commentary on the fourth episode of Caprica. And the episode has actually already started. We are getting the previously on Caprica. And right now, I gotta say it's very, very interesting how just this chip and this body will work together. Right. I, I brought up last week, and I'm kind of curious what you think about this death, is do you think that this is somehow going to lead to, on some level, all the Centurions being Zoe, having some kind of Zoe consciousness in them? It's possible. Um, what I f- found interesting and is the virtual space that we have here, and if as we are led to believe these are, are the prototypical Cylons, do all the Cylon centurions exist in this state? And can they all mm-hmm. communicate with each other? Do they all see each other as human in the virtual right. space? And I wonder if they're like other people or something. I just, I find that idea fascinating and I, I hope it sticks around because I really want to know how it ends up, you know, where it would end, where it would end if it was would was given unlimited time to run. It's something I'm very curious. I would be very curious about. Mm, the infinite timeline sort of thing. Yeah. And also it's very it's very interesting seeing where they got the monotheism from. Because mm. this is quite obviously it. Because we saw on Battlestar the Cylons are quite clearly monotheist, which is mm-hmm. probably the same thing as this Soldiers of the One business. Oh yeah, they're, they're talking about the one god and th- this is definitely where the Cylon religion comes from. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, I just um what was I say? It's very interesting seeing that Amanda Greystone has confessed to her daughter being involved, even though she doesn't actually know that's true, and it in fact isn't true. Um, yeah, she's jumping to a conclusion based on her worst fears. Um, I think it's very interesting. It's very human. Uh, and, and she's reacting because she doesn't know, and the not knowing is killing her, so she's assuming the worst. Mm-hmm. Because that's the most that she can possibly work through. Even though it's not strictly necessary, she feels it is. And she there's wants that- to feel she's taking responsibility. And there's the, the weird nun. Yeah, she's trying to atone for what she feels is her failures. As she said, she didn't know Zoe had a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She She didn't know anything about her, really. And she said that she saw only what Zoe wanted her to see. I think that's absolutely true. And And I think that that's something that does happen a lot with teenagers and you deal with what happens if, you know, somebody close to you suddenly dies and you don't know what all they were involved in. And it's very shocking to have it come out in this sort of public manner. I found this guy very interesting, this late night comedian guy. He's a complete Jay Leno. I you know, I thought it was hysterical. And there's obviously some being brought up about um how he um 
because it's I think it's stated later in the episode that people like we have today, people are getting their news from these kinds of people. So if this is what's going to influence the public perception of Daniel Greystone. Mm-hmm. Well, he's also, uh, if you want to consider it like that, he, he could be the John Stewart. That's what I, I was actually thinking. It was more John Stewart than Jay Leno. I mean, mm-hmm. a mixture well, of both. He was standing up, which I think right. leads us to Leno and the sort of comments and, and the yeah. structure of the jokes, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and have- here we have this. What is his name? I can't remember. You mean was- Daniel's little friend guy? His little assistant guy? I don't no, know. not not him. Daniel is that his name? Yeah, Daniel. Daniel Greystone. Okay. And uh, I, somehow I do not know I've the assistant. That. Oh, I don't care about him quite yet. <laughs> I, I think it's very interesting that Daniel is this big, powerful business executive guy, and he's working out as his assistant says in a rat hole of a gym. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too because I mean he's just sort of it's I'm not sure how I feel about him as a character yet. Like on some level he seems, you know, really like a jerk. I don't really like him all that much. <sighs> he's greasy. Yes. I mean I think He's very greasy. The intent he- is your supposed to sympathize much more with Joseph of the two of them and but then again it's hard when you look at Joseph's brother even though I, I'm coming to Oh this is the fun I'm part coming I coming to adore the character of Sam. I think he's just an absolute joy. Are we in sync? Because right now I'm watching Daniel get the crap beat out yeah, of him. Yeah I'm pretty sure we're in sync. This is beautiful. I love this scene. He, he's had this coming. I think. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad that it's Tamara's uncle that gets to do it mm-hmm. because, oh, he looks so like a Vito Corleone right there. I just love it. See, I never, like, you always heard on Battlestar, you always heard Bill and Lee talking about Joseph Adama like he was some god. Like, they clearly very much admired of him. And it's very interesting to see this sort of warts and all presentation of him because. You never really expected him to be a mob lawyer. <laughs> no, no, I, I certainly didn't. And especially just how he, how badly he's treated by the establishment. You really can't blame him, even though I mean, even though these people are criminals. They, they do have a good side to them, which is actually one of my comments later on. They, they definitely care about family. Yeah, I'm I'm very sympathetic to them. It's not uh, not not at all. Like, which is definitely different from the atmosphere in the world of Caprica, at least from what right. we can see. There or is even, a lot of racism. Right. And it's interesting because I always the impression that you got when all you knew of the twelve colonies what they that they were destroyed, you always felt that they were this perfect place where everyone was accepted and everyone was happy. But they had their problems too, and even though this is some fifty years before what we see, what little we see on Battlestar, it's not as perfect as you would have thought. Yeah, it's it's a slice of reality, and no reality is perfect. And I, I'm just I find this universe. St- 
endlessly fascinating. Like, I just love it. I love, I, I said this last week, and I'm going to say it probably every week for the rest of the season, because the part, I think, to me, the best thing I'm getting out of this show is to see this universe in its prime, to see what life on the colonies really was like. Because mm-hmm. it just, it's so fascinating. Yeah, well, it's from the same people, so we're going to get the shape of the world, and we're going to find out what shaped the world that the characters that we care so much about from exactly. Battlestar came from. You know, exactly. what, what shaped the whole world. And I must say, I think it has the, singul- the single coolest opening sequence I've ever seen. I'll agree to that. I think it's abs- I just could watch it over and I over I love again. that transition. Yeah. All the transitions. The Cylon to the girl. And then you see he's on by the grave, but he has the gun. <laughs> yeah. And then the statue's hand becomes the nun's hand. Mm-hmm. And passing the symbol. I think Lex, uh, what, Lex Lacey is a very interesting character because she sort of doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And we saw that in the pilot. She was going to run away with them when she thought that's what it was. And then she, she chickened out yeah. at the last minute. Which and then ultimately come f- yeah, proved to be, I mean, the right choice because she's not dead. But, like, she knew she wasn't up to running away from home. Yeah. But then to find out that it was almost so much more than that. I mean, that's a mind job right there. How do you, how do you cope with something like that? It's I am okay. Survivor's guilt. I mean, she, mm-hmm. she feels oh, yeah. bad that she's right. She feels like she has to do whatever it is that Zoe needs to do, whether you're considering, you know, the avatar to be Zoe because that's all she has left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting. I, are we trying to pretend that we're live? No, we don't have to pretend we're live. Okay. I'll just say this for the future people that might be watching this on DVD. We are, are watching the re-air at 11 p.m. because the episode originally aired at 9, and we wanted to watch it so that we could talk during the podcast so we could absorb instead of it, just listening. there was a lot going on. Exactly. So what we're doing is we're watching the re-air at 11, but we're letting it run through the commercial. So if it's a DVD, you'll have fallen out of sync with us, but this is the way we'll be doing it for for the foreseeable future, probably for the rest of the season. Well, we'll just have to include Ryan's trademark, and we're back. Exactly. It, and you can pause it on the DVD when you're watching mm-hmm. along, which we know you are, because yeah, well, cause, cause, like, I neglected to let you all know when the commercial actually started. And we are currently in a commercial. <laughs> See, commercial but as for- I was saying about the relationship between Zoe and Lacey, I'm Lacey essentially gets emotionally blackmailed by a fracking computer program. It's Indeed. beautiful writing. It's like the, the, it's like the first <laughs> image, the first instance of the Cylons. Yeah. <laughs> Rebelling. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's still her friend. It's a very interesting way to put it very different from the closest analogy I can come up with is head six because it was, it looked like someone he knew and, you know, cared about. So, mm-hmm. you but know, it wasn't really her. Exactly. Right. So I'm wondering how much, I mean, it's essentially, um, Zoe, but it's not actually her. It's the 
part of her brain that was, you know, downloaded onto the internet, which is, you know, very interesting for someone like people like us. So it's like, what if mm. all that was left of us one day was like, what we have put in on this podcast? <laughs> Everyone would think, <laughs> I don't want to know what everyone would think. I don't want to be judged by the content of the podcast. Exactly. Especially not when, when not, not what Ryan has to say about me. <laughs> Love y'all to death, but don't want Pufwa to be the only testament. It can be a part of it. Yeah. And but, we're back. Oh, are we? You are ahead of me. So, yes, we are back. And where are we now? And... The boy. Oh, I love this scene. I love little Bill. He's basically becoming a mafia errand boy. Yeah. And I'm reminded very much of the beginning of Goodfellas. Running errands, running numbers. Haven't seen that. You just keep talking. <laughs> but I, I just think it's great because it's like would you ever have imagined that this, this was what Bill Adama did when he was 11 years old? Good grief, no. <laughs> no. There's no possible way anybody watching Battlestar Galactica would have perceived this sort of a beginning. For- I just think it's hysterical. I love it. And I just would like to see more of it. I, well, I want it, to see what kinds of directions they can take this kid in, you know. It reminds me of how in the world of Harry Potter, we all believe Lily and James to be these absolute angels. And then later canon comes along and we find out not so good people yeah. sometimes. And it just takes the shine off them. Right. That's That's a very interesting way to put it. And I feel like, that's the way I felt about Joseph in this because, I mean, Bill's just a little kid, so you can't really, you know, fault him for no. that much. I mean, especially when his, he has this uncle that is such a bad influence on oh, him. Oh, he is such a bad influence. But it's very interesting because he's a rotten influence, but he's also look, trying to look out for him because – He's like, what is what? I think this is the scene where he's he's teaching him lessons, but they're the wrong lessons, but they're the right lessons. Because I think when they're in this kind of position, I mean, Sam, when Sam was growing up, he was an orphan. He was Toron. He was, I mean, these are the kinds of things that he had to adapt his life to. So I think he feels that teaching Bill this is going to help him because he thinks that, you know, this is the kind of life Bill is going to wind up with and that probably that Joseph is in denial that he can be something better. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's teaching him the lessons that will work, but that are not necessarily the morally correct ones from the paradigm right. that you and I are obviously looking at it from. Right, because, well, we have the advantage of knowing what he grew up to be. So, I mean, we know, you know, basically mostly what his adult life turned out to be. True, but I don't think either of us or anyone listening would, except for, no, uh, would endorse uh, organized crime. No, 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 I'm sure. Let's put that out there as an official disclaimer. Pufwa does not endorse organized crime. We we are not a mafia-affiliated 
organization. Our, our former host, Mike, may talk in a mafia accent sometimes, but we do not endorse the mafia. No, no. And... Oh, I So... Joseph is there. Oh He's waiting outside the courtroom. He's talking to... Who is that? Is that his secretary? I forget because... My foot, my foot hit the remote, and I changed the channel. Oops! Better change it back. I did, but see, this is. The and she's agreed to go get him coffee, which she she must have been a secretary at some point. Right. She. And yeah. now she's obviously not. She looks like a, a lawyer in her own right. And then we have the the tea the, scene between. The cr- oh, this is so funny! This. I know. Do you have a lemon? Can I get some sugar? Yeah. <laughs> Can you have a spoon? Lacey is making Sister What's-Her-Name bounce up and down more than Nancy Pelosi during the State of the Union. <laughs> Did you watch the State of the Union, P.S.? I didn't watch the State of the Union. Shame on you. I know. I'm I'm a bad American. I forget The president I- is on TV. You can't watch him? He's only on TV, like, once a week. You can't make the time to... <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Up and down and up and down. Yes. And, this is this is, is a, a funny scene. I think. Um, I wonder if. I mean, Lacey. She obviously feels, you know, somewhat uncomfortable. You know, by the way, this teacher is <laughs> talking, seducing her. Yes. With her, uh, I'm waiting for the sister to say, "My, isn't it hot in here?" <laughs> um, no, I, I don't necessarily know. It. It's very strange. Like uh, I don't know Daniel. what it is. Got the he's crap all beat out of him. Up. And this was my comment earlier during the scene. I love how the Torans, the criminals. The the line is, "He hates terrorists." The criminal. <laughs> hates terrorists. And it just reminds me of how prison inmates have their own moral code. Like, oh, if they definitely. find out someone was a child molester, they will kill him. Honor honor among thieves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like... There's it ain't some much, things, but... Some, it, some things that are just wrong. Mm-hmm. It ain't much, but it's there. I think it's interesting that they're both, both injured in this scene. And Zoe has to watch it. Zoe has to see both of her parents being you know, hurt because of her, and it's a very interesting choice to have it switched to being the actress here. So yeah. it's, it, it's definitely supposed to, to connect you more with Zoe. Because we're seeing them, but because we saw her as the girl earlier, we're, it's like we're watching through her eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very, I mean, I can't imagine how frustrating it would be to be her and and to not let anyone know that it's you in there, you know, that it's mm-hmm. not just a thing, you know, that they're they're arguing in front of. And it's like... Well, I actually forgot that he didn't know at right, the no. beginning of this episode or when I started watching. Because if you are aware, this has been running all day. They started with the pilot and then they went to the second episode and tonight, which is, is this the third episode? This is actually considered the fourth because the two hour pilot is technically considered two episodes. So 
Well, that's fine, but I bought the pilot when it came out on DVD, so it's one. Yeah. The third, the third contiguous episode. Exactly. The, well, let's just call it by its by its name, which I've forgotten, and I can't find the button that will tell the, me. The. I can't even. It is called print. "Rains of a Waterfall." Okay, "Rains of a Waterfall." R e i n s, like I, for a horse. Don't um, know, having watched this episode, why it's called that, but I have watched this episode as well, and I do not know why it is called this. There, there are no waterfalls in this episode, nor and there, there are no horses. horses, nor anything other, nor any other riding animal that could require reins to provide direction. <laughs> Unless you want to try riding the Cylon. Here, here we have, <laughs> oh gosh, here we have the undressing of the wounds. And, and, of course, Zoe has to watch her parents making out. The, and more than that, if I remember correctly. Oh, we're not quite there yet. But it's coming. Well, there, there, there is some stuff that you definitely wouldn't want to see if they knew their daughter was in the robot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> squick factor, anyone? To have yeah. to stand there and watch your parents shag? I mean, I had to hear my parents once. It was awful. Ew. I had friends over at the time. Talk about embarrassing. But what I think is really, really good storytelling here is that the tragedy is pulling these two people closer together and not yeah. tearing them apart. Yeah, because I thought, I know that I think last week Ryan and I predicted that this was definitely a doomed marriage, you know, this was absolutely not going to last as they became, you know, further and further separated by tragedy. But I think that, um, and oh yes, indeed. we're at the break. Right. Um, I think that it's an interesting choice to have them become closer because it's less cliche. This isn't how I would have expected it to be. And so that's actually good. So, Given the way their relationship was before, it didn't seem tremendously close. You would have expected it to split apart. Right. But it it shows you the depth of the relationship, the strength of it, the underlying core. Because in the pilot, to a degree, they did um, fall apart to to a degree. But I think that's probably that happens with any, you know, to an extent with anything where there's such a, a huge tragedy i feel i don't think it's unusual at all yeah there's always that rough period while you, your brain adjusts to it right but then they, they seem to get back on track and obviously in in daniel's point i remember this scene from the pilot where it's because he realized that he could bring zoe back that he was you know feeling better about it and he was but he couldn't couldn't tell his wife that. Now I don't know why he didn't tell his wife. I mean, I think he could have explained it to her, but I guess now he thinks it's moot because he thinks that she's just completely lost. Yeah. I would think if I were Zoe, I would be like, find a pen and like write, "I am Zoe. I'm in the robot." <laughs> because like, it would be just so frustrating. She can talk. Can she talk? She she talked. She talks to Lexi. I mean, she talks on the phone. Lexi. So why can't she tell her? I mean, am I missing something that she doesn't want to tell them? I think she's afraid. Yeah. Quite honestly, we know she didn't 
particularly trust her parents. She was she was a soldier of the one, was she not? Right, she she was. I'm I'm pretty sure she was. She was de- she developed this whole thing. She was going to bring the avatar there for the purposes of the soldiers right. of the one. So. Uh, she just didn't plan on being a suicide bomber. Right. So we ooh, we ooh, don't and, even yet know. <laughs> and for those who care, there's a commercial for the DVD of Stargate Universe 1.0. Um, which I have yet to watch. I have yet to watch all of it, but some of it, and it looks pretty good. Oh, good. I'll have to give it a shot one day, maybe, because I watched I watched SG One until Richard Dean Anderson left, and it was not Stargate without O'Neill to me. Yeah, it uh, it might be something we could do an exchange on because yeah, definitely. I know Ryan didn't like Stargate, but oh, really? No, Ryan Ryan tried Stargate and didn't get into it. That's a shame. It is SG One is too much to do on the exchange, but SGU perhaps. And we're back. Indeed. So we have a newspaper. We're down oh, in the is- police station, and I found this whole thing fascinating. The the situation, the police station. Mm-hmm. The who is this guy? He looks like the commissioner or something. He's wearing a suit and tie. Like the a- agent? I forgot. I I forgotten his name. The guy walking in who's all pissed off. Oh, I thought you meant this guy. No. The guy with the videotape. And I would like to point out for the record that the videotape does not have the corners cut off. No, it is actually just a plain old ordinary videotape. I'm glad for that. I really am. (laughs) Everything has the corners cut off. Oh, I found it interesting if we're talking about things with the corners cut off, the paintings don't. If you see, you know, anybody that has like a painting, like an artistic painting... It's square. Like, there's some in the Greystone's house. The widescreen plasma TV. With a video, a VHS tape. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting juxtaposition there. It's just like, it's just like last week, Ryan loved the Adama's answering machine. Looked like it it was from circa 1974. Nice. It's it's definitely a mixed bag of technology. I I actually, I like it a lot because it, it definitely situates itself apart from our earth yeah, timeline it, it, it where doesn't we know, look dated because like, like we think of technology as progressing in the way that it progressed for us but that's not necessarily how it would like you have things like their their cars which look old to us but really it's just an aesthetic choice i mean a car is just a car Mm-hmm. And, you know, really, there's nothing technically wrong with videotape. It's just that, you know, we have developed something better. Yeah, but, you know, have, there's nothing sir. really functionally wrong with it that you would need to improve. I love the line he uses when he leaves here. Just, he, he's all pissed. He doesn't know what to say. He's just, just be better. Yeah. <laughs> Don't screw up like this, big like this anymore. Yeah, and it is and interesting to see um, a glimpse different. of different working different working parts of colonial society. Like we saw sports, we saw the the sports announcers on TV. We get to see the police here. Mm-hmm. I love I think that. It's interesting that the police are very corrupt. Ever, I mean, everything. 
to a degree, they're all pretty corrupt. Everything is corrupt. I mean, right? That um, might be part of the message. I mean, they, the police are covering their own screw-up with the appearance of impropriety here, saying that, oh, government red tape says you can't go execute a search warrant over here. There must be something to hide. Ooh. I mean, I think part of that is why this society was so vulnerable to the Cylons rebelling because, you know, the Cylons came to view it as corrupt. Right. Because objectively it is. Like, objectively, I think when you, it's very when corrupt. You, either when, when you have, whether it turns out to be like a very, a very literal, very objective robot mind, or whether it turns out to be the mind of Zoe, I think Zoe would see this as very corrupt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, of course she would. She right. is a religious fanatic. That was, this, just, this was all part of what she was rebelling against. And obviously, here's we have corrupt where it's revealed that the Halafa is bribing the judges. And mm-hmm. Yeah, the judge is also totally corrupt. And he has an ego problem because he says, I'm not one of your you know, low-life scumbags that you usually deal with, throwing all sorts mm-hmm. of racism in his face. Right. But, you know, you meet me face-to-face every time, pay me the money, and discuss the deal then. You don't just assume it happens. Right. So he, he has a standard, and he just looks down on him here. And I, I wonder if, over the course of the show, we'll see Joseph rejecting this kind of lifestyle. And because, like I said, before the impression... This wasn't the impression I got from the way Bill talked about him in Battlestar, and I wonder if that's because he'll somehow change a little. Because, for one thing, we haven't seen that he has the lighter, and when he had the lighter, he never lost. Right. Good point. I had forgotten about the lighter momentarily. So I would think that he'll probably get it later, and when he does, he'll, you know, put on his big boy pants and not be a mob lawyer anymore. Well, there's a lot of time, so there's a, a like lot I said, of... I desperately, desperately hope this show sticks around, because there is so much it could do, and so far it could go. Mm-hmm. The, the potential for good storytelling is just amazing, and I hope the uh, producers, and there's that damn square paper again, <laughs> square corners or cut-off corners, that's what yes. I meant. I, I, I'm a big fan of the cutoff corners paper. I think it's very, it's fun looking. It, it makes it look more fun. Mm-hmm. So she's able. I to, want to know I, what they do with all the corners. <laughs> I wonder that. That's very interesting. Like, at what point in the paper making? Where were we? I would be. I want to see a paper factory here on Caprica. I want to see like, do they pull us? Oh come on, piece come on! They don't make. They don't make paper on Caprica. It's smelly. Do they? chop off the corners or is it like made without corners like <laughs> and here we we see that oh, I keep wanting to call her Lexi Lacey is has able to meet Zoe virtually since I guess somewhere the Cylon is wearing glasses I guess she that's how figured they do out it. she figured out how to plug in to the headband yeah, so I, I, I mean, I just have this image in my head of the Centurion sitting there with the glasses on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, great mental image. Cylon wearing shades. <laughs> I, I hereby announce a banner contest. Anyone? <laughs> yeah, anyone that can Photoshop 
some of those little things onto the Cylon. Yeah, I'll I, give house points. Seriously. Um, okay, and they're searching for a door out yeah, into the rest of the virtual world because Dan was too lazy to make a full virtual world, so he just hacked a little space out. Well, I think he didn't want her getting out into the real virtual world, which is probably why he set her up in this little windowless, featureless room. Yeah, but it, it is connected because there is a door. Right. I think- she says something to the effect of he didn't want to take the time to build a whole separate net or grid or, or whatever. Yeah, it's probably like, I mean, you could, you know, get out if you, you know, found the right weak spot. And that's what they're doing here. They're looking for that. And, of course, it's very interesting. Well, no, this isn't where we get to see Tamara yet. Um, Yes, it is. Oh, it is? Okay, then I'll start talking about Tamara. It's very interesting. As soon as the door opens, there she is. That, yeah, um, that was nice. That was very nice. As soon as the door opened, the light flooded in, and you saw her just illuminated there. Although, why didn't she hear them talking? Because they were on opposite sides of the room. I don't know. I don't know how that worked. I think, was she like, maybe she wasn't there until they opened the door because... Well, that's what I originally thought. But Like, even though she isn't physically in another room, she's in this place that Daniel had set up and she's um also she's both separate and not separate from so the, he made two virtual environments yeah he kind of like probably and like laid them over top each other because he didn't really think he'd need them and as soon as the door opened they merged yeah I can see that yeah because he didn't I mean he thinks that if Zoe is gone, Tamara is gone. So he right. probably didn't think that he he didn't think to check the other room because maybe he didn't know there was another room or arguably care. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that you know Tamara doesn't know what's going on. They don't even know what's going on. They have no idea who she is. They yeah. think that she's just a virtual person, that she's not a real person. Well, they're correct. In a, well, in a certain they sense of the word, she's, she's not, not a dead person. They think that she's just somebody that, you know, Daniel has made up for whatever he would be doing. For whatever nefarious purposes. Ew. And we're at a commercial. Indeed. The, so. Yeah. The, Tamara is unique in that she is an avatar that was constructed after the person was dead. Every right. other person, their avatar is made while they're alive. Yeah, and Zoe so was, yeah. and even the other Zoe was copied while she was alive. Exactly, which makes so, me wonder actually if if Zoe is only able to work with that one body. It makes me wonder if Tamra could be the Cylons. I wonder if they could put Tamara in another Cylon, yeah. Or, you know, if... Because she's entirely artificial with right. Daniel's oh, program. I see, I see what you're saying, because they said that the... I always... Now, see, that brings us to why we think the disc brain isn't working in the other Cylons, and I assumed it was because the one had... It was like... 
you fuse a consciousness to a body and it's like that one is Zoe and the other ones can't be so it makes you wonder if the other ones if they could like you said like you said if the other ones could be Tamara or if the each centurion is actually a different you know quote unquote person yeah and it could definitely go that way um, like that totally blows everything out of the water like you know yeah. rewatching Battlestar to think that these I mean to think that they have real I mean it sounds so callous to say that they're not real like real people but like to think that they actually have these kinds of consciousnesses if they see themselves as humans mm. or at least more human than they appear to be to us in the physical world right and well it, it goes back to the old conundrum what if we're all just brains in jars yeah like it's, it's the matrix question you know what if this what if this is the virtual world mm-hmm. and would you even know yeah you probably wouldn't and like a splinter in your mind driving you mad I mean, just just like they think Tamara, they think Tamara is a virtual person that doesn't know she's a virtual person. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very interesting going back to how she said she couldn't feel her heart beating. I wonder if the people, when they, you know, put on the glasses and link up to this virtual world and start walking around in it, whether they can feel their hearts beating Mm -hmm. because they're still alive on the other side. And I wonder that also about Zoe's avatar, since her body on the other side is the Centurion. Yeah, I'm actually very... I'm I'm curious to see if Zoe's avatar can feel her heartbeat. We haven't said that yet, and we're back. Right. I mean, even before when, you know, before the real Zoe died, like, is is she used to not having a heartbeat because she's a copy anyway? Or is she, you know not feeling a heartbeat or used to not feeling not feeling a heartbeat because her body is a machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely a very interesting question. Well, I meant to say before on the subject of the magic paper, I want it. I think it's very cool. And I think it's too bad that the tech is too cool for Galactica. Yeah, I think um I was saying last week that the technology we see in Caprica is on some level more advanced than what we see on Galactica because during the war they took a step back. Mm-hmm. During the Deli- first war. Deliberately, deliberately because so. of the Cylons. And I think especially this virtual world magic paper thing would have been the first thing to go. Oh, yeah. Way too easy to gain access to everything. And definitely way too mistrustful. I mean, you're walking around in this room with all these people, and you don't know if they're real or not. You don't know if they're Cylons. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just like the real internet, except it's physical. <laughs> so, and I think, you know, this we're seeing this society has gotten complacent to this kind of stuff. They didn't don't even think of this... As a threat. Mm-hmm. So here's a question. Would you like your own consequence-free virtual world? Probably not, because I think 
after a time, I think it would it would weigh on you. I think it it would be too much. Mm. You know, I, I and there's there's also something about it being physically in person that's you know different from you know the internet, our internet, where it's just text and you don't really even know what the person on the other side is but in a way that distance is safer i mean it may be a false sense of security but i feel somewhat safer when it's not like they can see who you are walking around Mm -hmm. what about you uh i don't know the music is good yeah the not i mean the novelty of it might be fun for a bit well, and that's I, the way I, I, I just love the concept of the virtual club here that mm-hmm. we're seeing in this scene, um, because I know a great many people who love electronic music. They love to go out to clubs, but it time and distance just doesn't permit exactly. it. And, I think and, that could be interesting. I mean, I think if 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 we lived in this society, I think it might be something we we, we might try out. I mean, I think it's something everybody might try out to see how it is. And, like, whether you, you know, whether it becomes a regular, you know, hobby for you, it mm. would depend on how interesting the other hobbies are <laughs> in this universe. Indeed. Well, you uh, you can apparently find any hobby you like. That might be fun. Just, you know, For try a while. But, I mean, anything gets boring if you do it too much. Anything gets boring yeah. if you do it too much. Yeah, and I I can see this being the kind of thing that a lot of people burn out on. Mm-hmm. Like I, if you do it too much, yeah. But I'm I'm also looking at it from a perspective of a performer of music, mm-hmm. right? And I would love an environment like this where I could go out and find thousands of people to play in front of, because it's very hard to do that in a, in a physical environment such mm-hmm. as we are now. And here we see a different use of the virtual world where we see Sister Clarice. Clarice. Yeah, that's her name. Going to meet with her associate. Her contact. Yes. And she's going to confession, essentially. Yeah. Which is very interesting, and it furthers the religious theme. Mm-hmm. So I do think that this show does a good, inter- a good, interesting job of making monotheism not sound like our monotheism. I mean, us speaking, you know, strictly, we are we are essentially a monotheistic society, but it's not the same thing. Mm. And they do it in such a way that makes the polytheistic society sound more normal. <laughs> yeah, they they are definitely borrowing from early days of the church. Yes, that's that's true. Church militant sort of like what you would have philosophy. seen in like you would have seen in like Roman times. Mhm. Yeah, when Catholicism and Christianity was supplanting the old Roman ways. Right. I love that she's eating a sandwich here. Like, 
Oh. She probably hasn't gotten to taste food in quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And I wonder where Tamara went. I think they left her back in the club because, I mean, she's not she, involved in this and they don't even think she's real. And we're back in a commercial. They mm-hmm. think that she is just, you know, a person that, you know, um, Zoe's father invented for shenanigans. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't care very much about her feelings, which is very interesting because Zoe is a Cylon and you know it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of like um I can't I, I can't remember the phrase but it's like you know who is she to treat Tamara like she's not real you know <laughs> she's a Cylon pot calling the kettle black yes that's what it is yeah so it's it's an interesting juxtaposition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and I'm curious where that goes, where we, where, what will become of Tamara. Mm. And if she will ever be able to convince Zoe and Lacey that she is a real person, just like Zoe was a person that died and lives on in this virtual avatar. Yeah. Well, it just makes you question what, what makes a person. What are yeah. we? Because, I mean, Zoe and Tamara, as we see them here, are amalgamations of data. You know, I mean, they're not, they, they think and they, they seem to think and feel, but they, you know, how can They've been programmed to think they think and to feel or to think they feel. But like, is that, how, is that? Should we treat them any less? I mean, we could say the same thing as the Cylons that we, you know, see on Battlestar, and it's like, well, you know, we, we could say the same thing about ourselves. We think we think, we think we feel. So, who are you to say that their thinking and feeling is any less than yours? Did not the philosopher say, "I think, therefore I am"? Exactly. So, like, I mean, even though to us. They are something different. And they're just drawn from... It's, But it's interesting, you know, juxtaposed with the skin jobs being... Because these are copies of real people that... I love that. We're being so sensitive and then you throw out skin jobs. I just wanted to differentiate. I'm tired of saying Cylons, okay? I'll call them skin jobs. Some of them are very dear to my heart. Um, um, these are Who would those be? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Now we have to put a spoiler warning on this thing. Um, I, I was wondering if we could do it without spoiling. Um, Crap, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I was saying just because these are copies of real people, that almost that does kind of make it different because it's almost like the skin jobs are original characters. <laughs> and the <laughs> if you think of it that way. And these are like, you know, poor. I mean, are, the, are they poor imitations of the real thing? Like, we don't even know. We didn't know Zoe and Tamara long enough for us, us the viewer, to be able to judge, you know. But 
Lacey seems to not have a problem with the copy of Zoe. Yeah. Well, I think that also helps because she knew Zoe. If she knew right. Tamara, and she also might Zoe do it. did Zoe did create her own copy, so the copy Correct. of Zoe is not as potentially She's unique. Not, yeah, is not potentially as poor as the copy of Tamara because the t- copy of Tamara is pulled from you know different computers. She's an records. amalgamation of data. Yeah, so it may not be who Tamara really was, and her father only got to see her for a few minutes, so. Mm-hmm. We Which I no- thought was needlessly cruel. Oh, definitely. That's why I was saying I don't feel like I like Daniel very much because he's, you know, torturing and manipulating this guy into going with his plan in the pilot. He was essentially, you know, spent the whole thing manipulating him into bringing him the electronic brain, which he then used to his own purpose and kicked Joseph to the curb. Mm-hmm. And she tackles him. That's aw- That was awesome. That was. She has very pointy knees. Yes, she has pointy knees. I can throw you off of me. My knees are pointy. And they're right in the right spot, too. Mm-hmm. Although, interestingly enough, when the camera pulls back right there, we see that they're not... <laughs> well, I'm sure she can move them in time. But um either that or it was the left knee that we didn't see. Right. So who this guy is He is the friend or best friend of the boy whose Stark. name Yes. Um and he is one of one of them is he's he's one of the soldiers of the one. Right. At least he's more involved than than Lacey was because Lacey was a monotheist, but she was not part of this group. Right. Which is which was interesting in its own self because Zoe and the boy were doing this thing without telling her, even though she thought she was in on it, and they were planning to take her with them to Geminon without telling her the whole plan. Yeah, well, like- it's an interesting propagation of deception because they weren't telling Lacey and then the start kid wasn't telling Zoe. Zoe that he had a bomb, yeah. Yeah, so I I find that interesting. And here they are together again. Has anyone started any slash fic about these two? Oh, shush. I was... I I don't like Daniel. (laughs) That's... Enough for me. I, I don't like Daniel. He doesn't appeal to me as a character. He's, but his face is all still beat up, so he yeah. got what he deserved in my he mind. He did. And they've gone into the virtual world here, and Tamara is gone. She but was of there. Course, three she's hours. gone because, very frustrating, she's gone because she. She slipped left. out she's of this not- small little virtual bubble into the internet basically right yeah that's exactly it. it's like it's like she was on the hard drive and then she somehow escaped and was lost on the internet mm-hmm. and yeah. now they obviously think that she has completely vanished because she's no longer there and they which don't means have- no one's looking for her which means she's essentially trapped in that virtual world unless she can find some friendly ears and convince them she's not crazy 
Right, because, you know, Lacey oh, and Zoe ooh, ooh. don't seem the, to... The only way that could happen would be if she finds somebody that she knew. Yes, that would be very interesting. Because we, oh, we oh. haven't been yet introduced to anybody that Tamara knows, besides her family, her father. Yeah, anyone who's in the group of kids of, of her age who's in the Facebook of their day. Yes, I, I, I wonder if she'll run into any of her schoolmates. I think it'll the, happen eventually. Yeah, and they'll be able to help. Yeah, after they stop freaking out. Right, because she is supposed to be dead. Mm-hmm. She is dead. No, I, I wonder. I wonder if she has, you know, any friends. I mean, I don't think. Oh God, I hope so. She seems like a nice enough kid. She does, but I mean, I wonder if it's the Toron thing because I know they don't seem. Bill doesn't seem to have any friends. But he there are other Torons out of school by himself, and he. Yeah, yeah I mean, there, you know, there are other Torons. They have yeah. Toron school. Right. Just like Hebrew, he's the Hebrew school. Of- Hebrew school. Shout out to Ellie and Julia. Um, but like I said, that that was just the first thought I had. I just wondered. And we're at commercial. Yeah, and I think the next one will be our last little yes, bit before we're done. This. Um. So what are, what do we? Have now. I did not catch the last line of the episode when it aired the first time, so I am going to actually be turning up the volume on my television set when we get to that point in the attempt to be able to hear it. Um, You mute and do that. I will talk. Hopefully. Right. So, Uh, um, and so let's see. What do we think? Where do we think it's going from here? I mean, we've seen to the end and. Oh, God. I think it's way too early to start making predictions. This is all still set up. Uh, I sound like, I know I sound like Ryan. We have not seen nearly enough of these characters to make any, any rational predictions about where they're going to go. You guys were completely wrong about, uh, Daniel and his wife. What's her name? Amanda. Amanda, that's what I thought, uh, being torn apart by this and instead they're being drawn closer together. Uh, I think it's wonderful that we are able to be wrong. I think it's wonderful that they're going unpredictable places with this plot because that's just the way Galactica was. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that it's the same sort of philosophy of writing is being carried over to this show. And I I hope that people that like Galactica are watching this because I worry they're not, but Mm -hmm. they they should be because this is – this is just as strong. Oh, it's it's very strong, and it's moving at a very slow pace so far. Anyway, they're they're definitely taking the time to establish this world and establish and these characters. It's enough that if you're somehow listening to us and to it to this and not watching, you really should. You really, honestly, should be watching the show because it's just that well-written and the the characters are just because when I, I mean, going into it, I wondered if I could get as attached to these characters as I was to the characters on Galactica, considering you know, there's none, I mean there's just Bill. That's Mm the same, but I I am attached. I really do like these characters. Yeah. I, I don't particularly have a favorite yet. I have a couple I don't really care for. Like I think Daniel. I really I like 
Yeah, I, I don't care for Daniel. I really like Joseph and his brother. I find them to be compelling. I like actors. his brother. His brother yeah. is very, very interesting. Reminds me a lot of how I write Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> just, just a bad guy, but not a bad guy. But no, yeah, I don't he, think. He's a yeah, bad guy. he's he's not a bad. He's just. I think it's just the circumstances that he, you know, grew up in that. Mm-hmm. He's a criminal. Led him to he, to, to, to do this and. He does what he has to do to take care of his family and, you know, provide and. He does, and he, he does because I, I mean, his, he wasn't just beating up Daniel to beat him up. He was beating it up because his niece died. Yeah. And we're back. And the cops are watching the, uh, report on the news from that little bit of, uh, information they released about they couldn't get the search warrant for the house. And this is where we have that line that we could not hear, and PS is going to listen for us. Wait, this wasn't here. It was. It, was it wasn't the, here. No, it was the very last line when they're in the house, and it's between Joseph and Sam. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, my mistake. Um, but here they were saying that um they couldn't search the house before because Daniel has defense contracts that he works at at home, and now they're like well, we should search anyway and cut through this red tape. And we have... The montage of news clips mentioning their name. I think that's a very interesting feature for the software Mm -hmm. to filter through all the news every time they mention your name or your company's name. And right here is the bit where he agrees to go on the show. Right. The the PR consultant wants him to go on the right the uh, the Daily Show. Yeah. And he's finally realized that this isn't just going to go away. He needs to get out there. He might not want to, but he has to. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows a little bit of growth on his part. Right, because even though this is, I mean, I'm very curious to see how this interview goes because mm. he he's not going to like all the questions that are asked, but I think he's not going to like any of the questions. <laughs> no, asked, no probably not. That. And, um, he'll, but it, it'd be interesting to see if it helps him any. Mm. I think it's interesting here seeing, the, the ramifications that Sam's line of work has on his home life because it was, you know, just mentioned that they didn't have kids probably because of what he does for a living, which is, you know, probably not the best thing to have. Mm-hmm. Now Sam's the brother? Yes, Sam is the brother. And I do not know his husband's name. I don't think they've said it yet, and they're about to say the line I missed, so I'm going on mute and turning, the t- turning up my volume, and you can talk and entertain the people. Okay, very good. Uh, you say his husband. I didn't realize he was gay. I must have missed that at some point through here. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, I don't know. I do horrible when I'm left on my own to speak. I believe the line was... He, I lost my daughter and my wife. What happens to him? And I think we may have just seen Joseph tell his brother to kill Amanda Grayson, Amanda Greystone. 
if I'm mm. interpreting that correctly. Indeed. And well, we judging are, on the preview for next week, I think that's exactly what's going to yes. happen. So, well, I got something predicted well. So with that, we are going to say we'll see you next week. It'll be me, Death, and Ryan or some combination of the three of us and probably be with you for the whole ride. So this we has did been the very po- well this week. Right. This has been the Before Exchange. I'm PS. I'm Deathrow. And we'll see you next week. Good night. Good night.